Welcome to Parenting Today's Teens, a daily podcast that provides stories, insights, and wisdom to help you as a parent gain a deeper relationship with your teen. On today's episode, Mark Gregston and Wayne Shepard dive into a topic that will challenge, encourage, and inspire you as you parent your teen. Let's listen in. Wayne, do you remember how you were disciplined as a kid? How do you forget that? Well, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, do you remember when your dad sat down with you and you got in trouble? Yeah. What would I usually do. happen? I do. Well, mom was the uh, the discipline giver in my home. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. But what would she, she was do? the one I feared. Yeah. Oh, spanking. I remember a switch in the yard. Are you kidding me? Really? And then at age 16, she quit doing that? <laughs> yeah. She quit doing it the day my uh, my faithful German shepherd took off after her for harming me. So. There you go. <laughs> well, I, I bet you a lot of kids are wanting that dog now. Yeah. You know, it's interesting yeah. to me because people always make comments, how, you know, how long do you spank a child? At what point do you quit? How do you maintain a relationship? I was raised in a home that was more militaristic. It's basically, you know, you, you do the crime, you do the time. Mm-hmm. You know, you get whacked, you know, either that or you get grounded. Nobody spends any time looking at you, talking with you. They shame you for a couple of three weeks. They take away all your privileges, and then you restore the relationship and you move on. But it was very non-relational. I get that. And, and the problem with that now is that kids don't respond. Kids want relationship, and they need relationship. And so we're going to talk about how to engage in discipline, because kids surely need that, and they need the structure. But they also need the relationship to balance that discipline, to make sure that they understand that this is about them. It's not about us. Mark, I know there's hardly a day goes by that you don't talk with parents, and their questions have to do often with discipline and consequences. I think most parents have a difficulty transitioning their style of discipline from those early elementary school years into middle school and then on to junior high and high school. I think most parents say, well, wait a minute, I, I want to discipline the same way. And you can't. You've got to shift the way you discipline. You have to shift your emphasis because your child is moving from concrete thinking to abstract thinking. And they feel like now when you discipline them, it isn't just a consequence. They may feel shamed. And so you've got to counter that shame, got to counter the fact that you're wanting them to make decisions. You're wanting them to make choices. But this becomes a training opportunity more than anything else. So this has to move in transition as the teen grows older. Well, it does. I mean, you can't you can't ground them or send them to time out. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I know some parents that at 15, go to your room and sit for two hours. And I'm well, going, that doesn't quite <laughs> no. work. I mean, and, and so you've got to adjust your discipline technique to fit the age of your child so that you're effective with them. And kids have got to realize this is about them. This isn't about mom and dad anymore. Usually in those elementary school years, a a young kid goes, well, mom and dad don't want me doing that, and so I'm not going to do it. Mom and dad want me to do this, so I'm going to do that. You start moving into the high school years where you want a child to take control of their life. You want them to make decisions. You want them to make choices. You want them to exercise that muscle that that helps them learn and, and be trained how to take control of their life. Well, they're going to make mistakes. And so mistakes used to be that you were disciplined for them. Mistakes now look a little bit different because we're training a child. We're just not teaching them. We're training them. And so I want my child to know this is about you. I want to help get you to a place where you want to be. 
And I want to keep you from a place where you never want to end up. Let's start with the fundamentals here today. What is at the root of discipline? You know, the root is that you need both rules and the relationship. You know, and I've got to tell you, when I grew up, it was rules and no relationship. You and, and me what, both. And what it caused was a silent rebellion. Now, now listen, I mean, I listened to my dad because I feared him. I, I did what he wanted me to do because I respected him, but I respected him out of fear. I, there was no relationship. And so what happens is, is that you move through life following rules, and there's no relationship when a child leaves home. Well, most parents today have a great relationship with their kids, and they're having a difficult time implementing rules. Moms and dads, it takes both. You've got to have rules and relationship. A good friend of yours has always made the comment that rules without relationships— Causes what? Lead to rebellion. It leads Thank to... you, Josh McDowell. That's right. <laughs> you know, and, and I would tell you that relationships without rules causes chaos. And so somewhere along the line, it, you've got to start lining out the rules for your home. Say, this is how we're going to operate. And not only is this how we're going to operate, these are your responsibilities that you have to take. And these are the benefits that you get from assuming those responsibilities. Do you think we lose sight that there's a purpose in discipline? We discipline for discipline's sake sometimes. Don't we? That's right. I mean, I mean, in, in discipline for discipline's sake is just because I said so, or it's going to be this way, or it's for, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord this way, and we're going to operate this way, and you're not going to do this, and you're not going to do You know, that's not the point anymore. Those are all good reasons early on. But the point now is to help get your child to a place where they want to be. So I ask parents all the time, where does your child want to be? How do you develop something around them? Here's an example of that. If your child says, I would like to graduate on time. Okay, then let's figure out something. You want to graduate on time, then let's set up study halls so you can study. Now, if you do well in your in your grades, then you don't have to do study halls, but we're going to have study halls. And so the rule is that if you're passing a class with a C or above or whatever, you don't have study halls. If it's below that, then it's a D or an F, then you're going to have to do study halls. But that's the rule of the home. Now, the point of it isn't because I think as a parent that you need to be involved in study halls or that you need to study because every good boy and girl just study all the time. The point of it is I'm going to help get you to a place where you want to be. You want to graduate on time. I'm going to help you get there. It transfers responsibility to a child. They understand it has to do with their choices. It's within the structure that operates and says discipline will help get you to a place where you want to be and keep you from a place where you don't want to be, which is not graduating. Right. Let's talk about the consequences as the part of this equation. Right. You know, don't hand out consequences just because you're mad. That's not a good time. Whenever well, you're, We do that all the time, That's right. We? Whenever <laughs> you're tired or angry or stressed out, that's not the time to be handing out consequences. Rules and consequences need to be set beforehand, and they need to have purpose behind them. That a child knows that if you do these things, these are the consequences. Now, at the same time, but if you do these other things, there's great rewards. The tendency that most of us have is to eliminate bad behavior, thinking that that creates a great kid. What we want to see is the presence of positive behavior. Yeah. So not only does there need to be those consequences, there needs to be the rewards that, that encourages the positive behavior. Which is reflected in the attitude. That's what Absolutely. you're trying to change is the attitude. Absolutely. You know, I want a child to know that these are the consequences. You... 
you got a ticket driving, <laughs> you're going to have to pay for that. You know, I'd love to help you do the work to do that. But it's a child's consequence. I can sit and laugh and maintain the relationship and allow the consequence because it's understood beforehand. This is what's going to happen if you do these things that I can maintain the relationship then. And you always encourage parents to stand firm. Don't give in when there's a confrontation over an issue. That's right. You know, the tendency that most parents have is that they end up rescuing their child and they and they say, because of the relationship, I'm going to pull you out. Or because because I'm a Christian, I'm going to show grace and, and save you and rescue you. Scripture says that if you rescue an angry man once, you're only going to have to rescue him again. <laughs> Don't do it. Let the consequences of their choices have their full effect on your child so they quit doing those things that are going to take them somewhere they don't want to end up. Let them feel the pain? That's right. And that's tough because, you know, when you have a relationship with someone, you know, as most parents do today— You want to protect them. You want to protect them. You don't want anybody to go through pain. I don't look at anybody and say, man, I hope they go have a painful day today. (laughs) You know, it almost feels wrong. But you know what? With kids, it becomes something that they need to feel because it pushes them away from that thinking, those choices and those decisions that take them somewhere where they don't want to be. You are a firm believer that even in discipline, that can draw us closer to our kids. I think so, because they realize that discipline is something about them. It, it helps them. It gives them the structure. It also allows freedom. When I start to determine those boundaries around my child and say, within these boundaries, you guys do whatever you want, then a child feels a great sense of freedom. And when they know that if they do positive things, that they get positive rewards, they know that I'm helping get them to somewhere. The tendency that most parents have is to eliminate bad behavior and say, I just don't want to see that. But they never move and maintain the relationship and say, but I want to see positive things and I want to make sure we're heading the direction that you want to go. And always communicate that our love isn't conditional for our teens. That's right. So important. It's always unconditional. Little did I know that when I took my wife Jan on our first date to a Led Zeppelin concert in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 52 years ago, when we had just finished our ninth grade of school, that we would one day be looking at each other knowing we have spent our life working with parents and teens in all ways possible. I've not stopped wondering what we would have been had we not become who we are. And I'm happy God called us to the life that we've lived together helping families and teens. We'd never had a master plan of our lives, but the master had a plan. And I'm sure I would have messed it up if he would have shared it with me. We've just kept following the path he's laid before us. We would have never imagined radio, podcasts, books, seminars, kids, conferences, speaking engagements, and our residential counseling center called Heartlight in Longview, Texas. Who would have thought? We have spent our lives helping others. So we ask people to help us help others. We need you because they need us. If you've ever wanted to be a part of something that is making a difference throughout all of North America, I would encourage you to be a part of what we're doing at Heartlight. It takes a whole lot of love and a whole lot of money to make it happen. So, will you help us save the lives of more and more teens? Hey, it's only money. You take none of it with you. And we are always in need and always extremely grateful for your participation with us. To make a donation... Go to heartlightministries.org. That's heartlightministries.org. Thanks for your partnership. 
Hey, Mark, here's a question that we got from our website. Parents write into us all the time and ask questions. This parent says, my 12-year-old son doesn't seem to care if he's punished. I can't find anything that I can take away, so it would seem like punishment. How do I deal with that? His answer to any discipline is, I don't care. That's right. You know, he's, he's at that 12-year-old age where he basically is saying, I don't care about anything. And they probably don't care about anything because they're going through that awkward stage of development. You know, I, I tell parents, get your child at this point more involved socially. You're going to have to push them a little bit to get them involved socially. And that may mean that you encourage that. You may get them a cell phone. You get them something that they want, that they want desperately, that will connect them with other people. Then you know, possessions and opportunities for involvement with others do matter at that point, and then you can start taking that away. You want socialization to be that thing that you can pull back on. Kids need that desperately. They want it desperately, and they'll do anything to socialize with somebody else. Give that as an opportunity. More practical application for what we've talked about well, here today? Well, you know, absolutely. You know, you know, I, I ask parents all the time, what do you believe is a greatest need in discipline for your child? I mean, it may be disrespect. It may be that they're disobedient. They're dishonest. They may be uh, have a dirty mouth. They may not be accomplishing what you want them to accomplish. But what is the number one thing? So kind of place that up here. The second thing is, what do they enjoy the most? Okay. Couple the two together. If you have a child that is disrespectful and loves playing video games or loves music or or loves playing outside or riding a skateboard or whatever it is, a car, you know, uh, whatever it is, put the two together. If you are disrespectful within our home, you will lose privileges on the other side. That's brilliant. Well, yeah, (laughs) but you you know, you connect those two things together so that it's, it's prioritizing a child's needs. And if respect is the number one issue within your family, then attach what they love the most that encourages them to, uh, you know, to think about, wait a minute, if I do this, I'm going to lose this. If I lose this, then I'm not going to, wait a minute, I'm not going to do that. You know, I mean, it's a, it's, a, you're helping them think through. You this can is, almost see the wheels spinning. That's right. Yeah. And you want them to. So right at first, they're gonna, you're going to take stuff away. But you know what? Over a period of time, they will, they will end up understanding it. You have to say to them when they violate a rule determined to curtail a particular habit or action, and you take away what they love the most, they get it. Because I tell parents this, a child will continue in their inappropriate actions until the pain from those actions is greater than the pleasure they're getting from those actions. A child does something for a reason, and they're getting something out of it. But until the pain from that is greater than the pleasure, then they're going to continue to do it. And so taking something away, grounding them, uh, not allowing them to participate somewhere, unplugging all the things that they can plug into the wall and say, you're going to lose this because it's connected with inappropriate behavior, has a mighty way of teaching a child, wait a minute, I need to think that through. And so I tell parents, come up with a list of 10 things that you want to change and just focus on 10 things. Moms, not 150 things. <laughs> and dads, it's got to be more than one thing. But somewhere in between the two, just 10 things that you can say, this is what we're working on. And, and be, if you violate any of these things, then we're going to take something away. And if you do these things in a positive way, this is how you will be rewarded. And when you stop and think about it, that's how any of us make any change in our life, right? The, the pain is greater than... That's right. That's right. You know, at some point you, you start to say, I'm not going to do that because I feel terrible when I do. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna act this way. I'm not you know I'm not gonna speed anymore because I got a speeding ticket a couple of weeks ago. The guy, That'll change it. The guy pulls me over and I and I think I can get out of it. You know, and I'm basically <laughs> thinking this seminar in my head, going, "Don't rescue your child." Don't. And I'm sitting there going, "Please rescue me. Don't do this." And so I tell the guy. He says, "You're going 80 miles an hour." And I said, "Well, I was really going 85." And he says, "Okay, I'll write you up for 85." I said, "No, no, no. I was really going 80." And we were sitting there See? joking, and I thought he was going to give me a warning, you know. But it's amazing. So I got this $300 ticket, you know, and and nobody was going to rescue me. So what do I do? I called the judge, who's a friend of mine, and he goes, "Mark, I'm going to use the same seminar on you that you use with everybody else. I'm not rescuing this. You got to pay it, you know." And and now what? Every time I drive down that highway, it's 60 miles an hour. I'm just sitting there just looking, thinking I'm going to get caught. See, change is possible. It changes my behavior. Thanks for listening to Parenting Today's Teens. For more information, you can visit parentingtodaysteens.org, heartlightministries.org, or markgregston.com. Join us back here tomorrow for another great episode. We'll talk to you then.